2: Good morning to our audience in the United States and good afternoon to our European audience. I'm Michelle Zakine. I lead a advisory for Europe. I've been in banking for more than 30 years of which the last 10 years in cash management. I'm really pleased today to be moderating the second session of our Europe Month, part of a series of four events around Europe for US corporates. Let me introduce our panelists today that will be sharing their views on optimizing cash flow for growth into Europe. We're delighted to have Jeroen Bakrisen with us today, our European Head of Subsidiary Banking in Europe. Jeroen um, has a wealth of experience um, and has been in banking for nearly 25 years. We equally have Donatien Millet, Director of Global Trade and Receivables Finance for HSBC in Europe. Donatien has 17 years of experience as a in banking as a relationship manager, um, and equally, more recently, working capital management specialist. He has been working in different parts of the world, including Europe, Asia, and North America. So I think that provides us with a very interesting lens on these topics. And equally, and finally, our commercial card product specialist, Erwan, with more than 15 years uh, of experience in this field in customer-facing roles, ranging from card operations to sales and account management. But more recently, Erwan has been involved in a lot of client consultations on process and cash flow improvement using commercial cards. So we have a great session lined up for you today, where we will be looking at working capital, but through the European lens. So Europe is a distinct geography with its local market practices, might seem complex from afar. It has a unique environment, regulatory environment, um, that has strongly uh, contributed to making it a single market, notably uh, with SEPA. What this means and what this has meant is that for corporates, Uh, over the last few years, creating efficiencies, streamlining processes, and optimizing working capital has been at the top of their agenda. Um, And this is to a great extent uh, motivated a lot of corporates to set up shared service centers and payment factories when appropriate. As you know, Brexit has has come into play, so obviously a, a new milestone in this European landscape. Um, And like other regions of the world, we have been challenged as well with the pandemic, creating turbulences and uncertainties for for corporates in the day-to-day activities. But as our panelists will share later on, that in itself has been interesting from a working capital perspective. We'd like to close today's session um, and talk about sustainability, because we're seeing that this is an important topic for corporates today in Europe. And I think from a supply chain point of view, this is probably an interesting point to cover. So in this overall context, we have we, you know, managing cash flow and optimising working capital as best as possible. It's about having the right tools, the processes and the solutions in place. So that I, I'd invite you throughout the session to, to put forward any questions that you'd like us to, to respond to you with at the end of the session. But now let's kick off and, and start with you, Donatien, yeah, because I'd like you to share uh, with our audience today, what do you think are Europe's uh, distinct characteristics that our U.S. corporates should be aware of when they want to operate efficiently from a working capital perspective in Europe?
3: Thank you, Michelle, and, and good morning, everyone. So maybe as a starting point, uh, I'd like to say that historically, I mean, U.S. corporates have been among the first to focus on, on optimization of their working capital. And this is probably back in the 90s, there was some uh, consultant work uh, done by Stan and Stewart, you know, around the concept of uh, economic economic value added and how much you know, your invested capital can be uh, stuck into your working capital and, and uh, create uh, an impact on the value of your company. So there is clear correlation between how you manage working capital and the value of your business. So clearly, the phrase "cash is king" has never been so true uh, as, a, as of today. Now. We are talking today about Europe. So as you know, Europe is the largest trading block, the second economy behind the US. But what also is interesting to to say about Europe is the fact that 65% of all exports are within the continent. So there is a huge amount of trade between European countries which create uh, optimization opportunity for, for, for your companies. And, and HSBC is present in all major European countries, which you position us ideally to support you on that journey. As you mentioned, Michelle earlier, and, and this is also a good trend, we see a lot of our client and US client as well, working on RTC, Regional Treasury Center. So using or leveraging on the, the broader European market, looking for synergy, cost saving. And so in Ireland, Netherlands and Poland. So this is clearly a trend in the market. And, and of course, banks such as HSBC are adapting and adjusting our proposition to support those RTC with more pan-European solution around receivable finance or, or supply chain finance, which I can uh, explain a bit more later. And and finally, second point is on the digital journey. You, you're very right that our client, right after the pandemic or in the middle of the pandemic, came to us uh, asking for more digital solution because they have realized this is also a very, way, optimized way to, to work on their uh, forecasting, you know, cash position, etc. So the digital journey is is very critical as well.
2: Thanks, Donatiana. So, so globally, um, an environment that is is already quite mature. Jeroen, um, I'd like to come to you and 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 share and ask you to share equally with our audience what you see uh, the priorities are for the corporates with whom you are regularly in contact with, and what their main concerns are when they're doing business in Europe.
1: Yeah, thanks, Michel. And 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 further to what Donatien already mentioned, you know, working capital optimization has been a call it a trend, a priority for many corporates uh, for many years already. But first and foremost, this comes down to visibility on cash, the basic uh, need to get a grip on payments, get a grip on collections to be able to control those and the ability to execute directly from any location. That obviously is linked to the digital channel uh, comments. So all of this is now via uh, digital channels. Um, And if you have that visibility on, on the cash, on the collections, on the payments, the next thing that corporates are looking at is centralization, either by bringing lots of bank uh, relationships on one platform or by centralizing all their relationships with one cash management provider. So that is what you see uh, regionally, uh, but also globally, right? US corporates controlling their cash flows uh, around the clock, uh, around, uh, around the world. Um, and I think we will come back to that when we talk a bit more about uh, regional treasury centers later on.
2: Thank you, Jeroen. Um, and, and I think that's important to see how 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 corporates um, address these, these topics and the, and the importance of the digital tools. But 2020 was a tough year, um, and and I think it's interesting to share with our audience, you know, how how we saw corporates adjust to, to 2020. And again, I think very much in the working capital angle, because we saw that that there was really from that point of view, uh, corporates uh, were looking to to leverage immediately and look at their liquidity and improve their working capital in this very, um, I would say, difficult uh, situation.
1: Yeah, so if you would describe all of this in one word, the word would be cash. Um, Let's first go back to the, let's say the start of the pandemic. At that time, most of our clients, uh, most of the corporates were just doing one thing making sure that they had cash available for the tough months ahead at that time. And we still thought it would be only a couple of months. We know now it takes longer. Um, so in that first phase, it was all about refinancing or amend and extend on, of existing facilities or raising uh, new facilities so that there was ample cash uh, on their balance sheets. When that was done, uh, corporates um, obviously uh, started to realize that they need to have visibility on that cash. And as many of our clients on this call have operations across Europe, across the globe, uh, they also realized that it was not that easy to get every day when, when, when you wake up at headquarter level or at regional treasury center level to have that view. So it accelerated actually this, this, this need to get a grip on the cash. Um, so we have seen a sharp increase in in, in requests for um, uh, for centralized solutions, and, and and some corporates also brought, for example, a planned RFP for this year already back to to, um, to last year. So to sum it up, Michelle, it is one word: it is cash.
2: That's right, cash, visibility, liquidity all those that are important aspects. And we know that's the day-to-day treasurer's role. But when you're in a critical situation like that, you have to sort of lie back on your contingency plans and on the processes and procedures in place. And you're right to say that centralization becomes quite critical in, in that view. And so, yes, it, it was an interesting year. And I think from a working capital perspective, we saw where the, 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 the strain was for a certain number of our, our customers, and ways of working were drastically changed. Um, so I think it's interesting to get a view also from our from one from a cards point of view because I think that from that point of view we also saw corporates re, re- looking again at their card programs and seeing again what were the angles or the le- or what they could leverage to in fact um, um, enhance that working capital situation.
0: Thanks, Michelle, and hello everyone. So. I mean, let's let's just start uh, by agreeing with everything that's been said so far. That's something that we've obviously witnessed. Now, when it comes to specifically the the use of commercial cards, um, so for employee travel, it's been embedded in corporate culture for many years in this region. But using card to help digitize procurement processes and unlock cash flow benefits for corporates that's remained uh, widely unexplored. So, whilst using card payment in procurement to generate revenue through rebate or to release cash flow. Uh, this is very really common already in a, in the a USA and North America more generally, but it remains in our opinion a great opportunity for many businesses operating in Europe. Now the, the current environment has clearly affected anything to do with travel, right? Um, So although business travel is not dead, it's not due to come back for for a certain uh, amount of time. And our customers are simply exploring new ways to make use of their card programs to help their business go further. There are two major factors driving this. First, uh, the acceleration in e-commerce, which has dramatically improved supplier acceptance rates. And secondly, the, the generalization of remote working across the region, and that's created a need for buyers in large organisations, more specifically to access more flexible payment channels. And so the interest in card payments we've witnessed is particularly true of, uh, of virtual card solutions as they offer options to integrate into the corporate existing processes and, and they're fully digital. So another evolution uh, specific to card uh, helping remove traditional barriers to card acceptance in this region, include the delivery of card payments to supplier via bank transfer, which makes it a lot easier to make and accept pa- card payments for both the buyers and their suppliers.
2: So, Alwan, um, thanks for that, because it's interesting. Again, we we hear the word acceleration, so to a certain degree, like Jeroen, uh, you've noted that, um, again, last year, This situation, in fact, it it became acute that um, being able to manage your business day to day remotely with digital tools um, was was absolutely essential and that certain barriers, in fact, fell because everyone needed to adapt and adapt fast. So that's quite interesting. And and thanks to all of you. You've set the scene really well on Europe and 2020. Um, But of course, today we want to look forward. Right. We want to see how we can leverage more opportunities um, in Europe. And so, um, looking ahead, um, Denisia, what do you think about 2021 and where the scope of optimization is going to be? And and in what to what extent um, can the cash conversion cycle and cash be um, um, unlocked?
3: Sure, and and uh, you know, as an illustration, because we're talking about you know the impact of the, of the crisis, but I just wanted to, to, to give you an example. So, uh, end of last year, Euler Hermes, the, the global trade insurance company, did a survey looking at the impact uh, between 2019 and 2020 on the cash conversion cycle for, for large company globally. And that impact was an increase by five business days. So you can say maybe five business days, it's not that much, but at, that only five business days represent 140 billion US dollar of additional working capital to fund. And, and today it's either through debt or equity. So clearly, during the pandemic, uh, European government have supported their economies. and as an example, you know, being uh, French and even in France, so the French government has uh, supported with three hundred billion you know uh, state state guarantee uh, loans. So our economy has been supported for the for the short-term liquidity gap. but what we expect to see now is refinancing demand through more traditional working capital. So what our clients are doing, what, what I guess you some of you are doing clearly is, Uh, the methodology to assess your working capital is, you know, peer group analysis. We see client uh, looking at the industry, looking at their peers, how I am trading versus my my competitors or my peers, just to learn maybe from others. So we see client setting up dedicated working capital team, which are dedicated to uh, uh, establish dashboard, to track KPIs, cash conversion cycle KPIs, uh, on, on a very detailed level that could be monthly or quarterly. And we also see a lot of um, um, work done on on the process. Are my payment process uh, quick enough? Can I improve the, n- the number of batch? Is it a weekly batch, monthly batch? So we see a lot of, of th- those work happening. And, and a key to success, which is not new, I mean, has been uh, a key to success uh, for, for years on the working capital uh, journey, is that it's not only a treasury issue it's uh, a company all all, all stakeholders in, in the company are involved so you need to have your procurement team your it your marketing your customer uh, facing people because this is really culture that you need to implement within your group so cash is, is key clearly and, and that's that's important and so uh, hsbc being very present in europe in two main hubs being london and paris we have definitely the capacity to help you uh, exploring Pan-European solution. And and um, one uh, c- critical piece as well, uh, we, we mentioned about digital. And when I talk to my clients, sometimes uh, uh, what I'm telling them is, you know the, the the optimization you can get from your working capital you will save money and that money can be reinvested in your digital um, journey as well so there is a win-win uh, element between the two so if you save working capital you can save money and that, that money you save can be reinvested into into your digital tools which will uh, help you uh, get even better so clearly we have a team, team of experts on the ground that are happy to help you on, on those topics
2: So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, You you mentioned um, the digital tools again, the the automation. I think from a payments angle, we see also customers come to us uh, and looking at how they can better uh, automate uh, their processes from a working capital point of view. Um, And and there's a real focus on real-time receivables reconciliation. Um, and, and a lot of our customers are looking at how they can embed, for example, virtual accounts um, in in their day-to-day um, operations to provide them with more visibility and be able to uh, to, to reconcile incoming payments and therefore allow goods or services to, to, to be rendered so you know clearly that that's that's a trend that we're seeing uh, very strongly in the region but we're also seeing customers ask for a much smoother management of their cross-border flows for small amounts and different currencies by by just managing that from one currency account um, and again, wanting to simplify their forex management when it comes to low value uh, payments but for high volumes. So again, how do you optimize? How do you gain um, efficiencies and therefore uh, improve your your uh, or reduce your costs to be more more specific? And, uh, and equally, I think we, we covered earlier uh, you know the need for visibility. Um, I think that remains more and more important. Um, and treasurers are expecting to be able to manage their liquidity through liquidity management portals. Uh, And certainly we have very active um, discussions with our customers today on on these solutions, including the the capacity to to do cash flow forecasting. Because again, being able to predict, being able to manage that liquidity coming in, obviously from a working capital point of view, that's really quite important. Um, So Aman, I think from a card's perspective, we could also say, that you've seen opportunities um, growing in, on this front for 2021
0: and in the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, before, before I dive into this, I mean, one point I wanted to, to go back to is donation uh, point on uh, internal consultation, because I find that fascinating how our customers' internal consultations right now on uh, process and working capital optimization is really helping us, their banking partners, come up with new ideas and have a more holistic take on the payment product mix from a part of a solution that ultimately will address the customer's needs, right? Um, for example, supply chain finance and commercial cards are complementary. Uh, using banks to extend day payables are or help suppliers shorter, shorten their, their DSO. Uh, now, virtual card... Uh, provides not only better control on disbursement, but can also improve relationship with suppliers if positioned as a payment accelerator. And that's a like fairly new approach and, and something that we, we work more and more internally as a bank on to deliver to, to customers. So of course, card, card solutions cannot replace traditional financing mechanism, but if uh, targeted to the right buyer supplier relationships, The interest-free period of financing of up to 120 days on a virtual card program can help capture more benefits across the tail end of the supply chain, whilst enhancing working capital and or settling suppliers early, right? Now, going back to the aspect of evolution, Another area of optimization for existing customers is to make the best use of uh, data rich access and content to monitor performance of the facilities utilization on a card program. So if you add to this the access to multiple European currencies through a single setup from either the UK or France for continental Europe, corporates are truly in control and increasingly use their card program to better manage effects also on uh, cross border payments specifically.
1: Yeah, I think what, what is also important in this aspect is to go back to the basics, especially in these times. Um, we still speak to lots of corporates who have literally 10, 20, 30 tokens uh, in their drawer, in their bag, on their desks. And operational risk of having a fragmented cash management uh, set up uh, in these times uh, has increased. So um, for corporates, it would be really good to leverage the, um, the existing banking platforms that are there being regional or even global platforms. We obviously pitch HSBC Nets uh, as that, that, that uh, top end platform, um, but take, take the platforms as, as just as a one angle. If you combine that in the Europe uh, setting with the Eurozone and SEPA, you have basically the first roadmap to uh, optimization of your cash management setup.
2: Yes, I think that you know being able to have that access to a simplified connectivity with a banking partner and knowing that it can be managed on a global platform and. Um, Numerous of our solutions today are global platforms or regional platforms because I think we we understand it's really important for our customers to have a, a good customer journey when they're exchanging and interfacing uh, or interacting um, with with the bank. And notably, uh, that that is the approach that we take at HSBC. So um, I would I would only strongly agree with that, uh, Jerome. Um so just to to move on to the to to the last part of our our presentation this this afternoon, we'd like to talk about sustainability because when we look at working capital and when we look at a customer supply chain from end to end, um, we see that sustainability today is 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 a growing and impo- important um, topic for our customers, and they're seeking ways to to basically embed that or include sustainability in their organization. And for HSBC, we see this as very important and certainly is, 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 is something that we are developing um, in all of our activities. So maybe just to start off with, I'd like to invite Erwan to, to talk to us about what we're looking at from a sustainability angle when we talk about commercial cards.
0: Yeah, and as I said earlier, right, the, although this, this has been common practice in, uh, in North America, it's fairly new to uh, to the European markets. And so as I said earlier, commercial cards are now increasingly used to bring an element of, um, of flexibility in the procurement process. And that's m- mainly driven by the impact of the crisis on our customer supply chain, Um, Because a a lot of corporates uh, are having to think about sustainability of overexposure to international trade dynamics and the potential lack of flexibility of a traditional procure to pay process, which is the norm here. Uh, So if you take the example of a specific bolt holding key components in the manufacturing process of a piece of furniture, If this bolt was being manufactured by a selected provider located in the Far East, your whole production would have been at risk at the start of the pandemic. And many corporates are now realizing that uh, a card payment mechanism can be a quick route to source from alternative providers, more local, and all this without risk, given that transactions are all fully protected against fraud. Now, of course, allowing production to continue and disrupt it by, by paying on order or by accelerating payment to, to suppliers, even more locally, uh, who may be struggling with cash flow, uh, all that can have an adverse impact on working capital. But if today you have an underutilized line of credit supporting a travel card program that's clearly not utilized, nothing prevents you from repurposing that. Credit and enabling an alternative purchasing channel, as well as releasing working capital for your business using one of your uh,
3: commercial card products. Yeah, de- definitely, Arwan, um, and clearly, I mean, as you said, the pandemic had put, had put pressure on, on the supply chain of most of our clients, and and we see a trend of you know a shift uh, from what we call the just in time into the just in case. I mean, if you hear the news here in Europe, so it's all about, you know, uh, on the healthcare sector. So we had, you know, a lack of product at some point, the mask for everything. So everybody wants to relocate some of their business uh, closer to their to their head office. And and of course, under, you know, the pressure of government shareholder, but also because this is, you know, farming companies are focusing on the, the ESG angle is, is becoming more uh, more important. So, what we call the ecosystem of our client, so i.e. a customer, the supplier. So, you want to have that ecosystem as sustainable as possible, and clearly, banks are, such as HSBC, are committed to that to that uh, journey. and And as an example, so uh, the, the best example is supply chain finance. So, we we talk a lot with our key client, uh, global client here in, in in Europe, around supply chain finance and how you can integrate an element of uh, uh, green or esg uh call it as, as you like so meaning for supplier that are uh, well ranked in terms of esg criteria they can have access to cheaper uh, uh financing so there is an incentive for your supplier to to move up the scale and and, and help you uh get, get a more sustainable ecosystem so product are, are adjusting adapting and, and the bank is committed uh to, to help you on that uh, on that exercise
1: Yeah, and this not only applies to, um, let's say, headquarter level for a CFO or a corporate treasurer, it also applies to a regional finance director, regional treasurer. And today on the call, we have uh, clients uh, basically from the headquarters, but also here uh, in Europe from regional level. Let me talk a bit about what we see at subsidiary level. We see, uh, like Donatien mentioned, you know, uh, on the buyer-supplier uh, relationship, uh, yes, it can be uh, a sustainability discussion at headquarter level, but it could also be that you are a supplier uh, here in Europe with a subsidiary, uh, and therefore there is clearly a need to also look at that sustainability angle here, and we potentially could address it for you here uh, locally. For a good example is and some of the deals we have done in the past is, for example, obviously the uh, very much sustainable uh, solar farm, wind farms, quite often um, projects won by a, um, a supply provider headquartered outside of Europe, but with the actual uh, wind farm or solar farm in Spain or in other other parts where the sun uh, quite often shines in, in, in Europe or the winds. Uh, often blows, Uh, we uh, can provide uh, guarantees or facilities locally to support these type of projects. Another good example is suppliers to the automotive industry. There you see a rapid uh, change in need for uh, sustainable supply chains uh, and um, lots of finance uh, options there as well. You know, quite often people still talk about green bonds. Yes, that is obviously one way. But there are multiple other products out there uh, that are also classified as green and can help you with your sustainability uh, agenda.
2: Thank you for that. Um, And we're coming to the the end of our session, but to the Q&A, so I would invite those of you who may not yet have the time to submit some questions, to to please do, because uh, we want to make this as interactive uh, as possible. But I already have a few interesting questions that have come up. Um, Let me start with this one. uh, which is what do you think could be the main roadblock to optimizing uh, working capital of of, uh, of your corporate clients? Donacy, yeah, I think that's a good one for you.
3: Yeah, look, this is, I mean, something I, I, I mentioned a bit earlier, but I think it's, you're right. So it's a very good point. So, I mean, I've been working with, you know, you know, company for years on, on the working capital journey. And, and uh, again, so my point is, it is not a treasury issue only. So it has to be everybody in the company so from you know procurement to it to um, you know customer relationship people because as a treasury you, you understand you know the impact on your on your balance sheet or pnl but but sometimes if you talk to procurement renegotiating terms they would see that as a you know, I will deteriorate my relationship with my supplier or, of course, if you are, you know, in short in, in of inventory, so you rather um, want to make sure that you have more inventory that you need to avoid a situation where, you know, there is a, a, a not enough product uh, in your warehouse. So, I mean, critical to me is uh, working capital optimization is really for everybody. It's a, it's a joint, I guess, effort and collaboration is, is very critical. So, Yeah. You can, you can use financial tool. we are here to help you, but clearly developing that culture within your groups are, are what makes a difference in my opinion.
2: So, yeah, um, that, that's, that's clear that in all these projects and, and a lot of our customers when we have discussions and they're in transformation projects, we realize how more and more these projects tend to be transverse. So you know, cle- clearly um, it's important to have everyone around the table. Another good question here on, um, uh, and I think Jeroen, I'm going to give you uh, this one. We've, we've of course talked about uh, supply chain and cash management today, but the question is around treasury is more than just that, right? Um, and maybe we could say just a few words around uh, how corporates manage their treasury from a, on on a regional basis. So Jeroen, if I could ask you to to respond to that question.
1: Yeah, and, and, and let me re- respond to it in, in two ways. One is how um, corporates can set up their uh, their treasury operations in Europe, and the other is the aspects outside of the topics we, we discussed today. So I think what you see is, and, and actually U.S. corporates have been always at the forefront uh, on that, is regional treasury center uh, structures, are uh, are increasing day by day um, and i'm not sure if there's a, a question on brexit as well but um, you know um, historically uh, treasury centers tend to be you know uh, uk based and maybe one or two locations in europe uh obviously the complexity of brexit um uh is that not always the the rtc location in in the uk is is that sort of uh, the logic first step so i think um, RTCs emerging in also Ireland Netherlands as the obvious one but also other locations uh, throughout Europe um, so that is one other aspect outside of the the, the, the optimization uh, topic we discuss so make make a uh, a well thought through decision on where to place your central hub uh, as, as a corporate the other is um, the volatile uh, environment, the pandemic, uh, but also the geopolitical uh, environment, uh, led to um, uh, fluctuations in currencies a lot more than we were used to uh, over the past years. Especially in Europe, uh, currency fluctuation was not that much of a topic. Uh, The euro is obviously the euro, but also how it fluctuated with the the pound and others. was not that much of a um, of an issue for corporates. The pound obviously uh, has been going up and down uh, uh, substantially over the last year. So I think one angle that should come into the into the treasury mix is your uh, your foreign exchange um, um, management. And it links actually also to the portal comment that we made. What you see the trend is that uh, where nor, well, let's say historically a banking platform was a cash management platform. Now that evolves into a, call it a total uh, portal platform for both your cash management, your trade, but also your uh, foreign exchange and also information. So lots of information about uh, trends and, um, and other uh, important topics for a treasurer.
2: And certainly, we can say that HSBC is committed to to, to that. And, and and we certainly have built up our hubs um, in in Europe, notably, you know, in France, Netherlands, and Ireland, because we we wanted to, and we want to provide our customers with with these strong solutions um, in in the region. Um we have another question here that I think is going to be interesting for one um, and it's very specifically on the cards it's it's uh, how can you identify opportunities for commercial cards when card payments aren't accepted everywhere right so what are the options there one
0: so I think we, we I need to go back again or fall back on uh, on Donatien's point about um, internal consultation and and getting um, getting the right setup before engaging in a deployment of a solution in a the region. There's lots of uh, dynamic across different domestic markets in Europe. Uh, and the last thing you wanna do is try something in one place that's not gonna work in, in another. Uh, you, want, you want something that's gonna work across the, across the region. And on the back of those internal consultations across uh, HR, procurement, finance, treasury, when it comes to, to to designing a, a card program that's going to work for you for your business, um, we would al- always always recommend uh, to undertake an analysis that HSBC can support with on your supplier your supplier file. So we will look at your supply chain and identify all of the suppliers that uh, do accept cards today or that have uh, the highest propensity to accept cards in the future. And build that into a business case that will result in a, in a, in a number, uh, cost efficiencies, uh, savings, uh, working capital release, and potentially uh, cashback as well on a, on a card program. And that, that business case is then going to be the force driving the success of the card program uh but if you remember i mentioned it earlier the evolution in a, in a in a product set is playing a great part in making it a reality as well with the ability uh for the bank now to for, for or for the buyer to process a card payment without um, for the supplier to accept uh, a card payment per se we we can use your card program and drop the fund onto the the supplier's bank account nowadays and combination of Evolution in, uh, in in the card technology and this, this a robust consultation and the building of a business case that is going to work for your supply chain that are the two two things that will definitely um, be the the recipe for a successful uh, campaign and maximum working capital release or maximum uh, credit utilization for your card program.
2: So so in fact, a great way to optimize the working capital, uh, to to say the least. Uh, and to stay on the supply chain um, topic, there's another one here about how um, um, we can, you know, and maybe this one is for you, Donacia, if you can elaborate um, on how customers are using supply chain finance um, to, to to better um, um, manage their their supply chain and and ob- obviously optimize their working capital.
3: Sure, and and uh, we have seen an acceleration, you know. Oh, I guess post-COVID, we're not really post-COVID yet, but I mean, through the, through the pandemic, but all our clients that had an existing supply chain financing program have increased the amount of suppliers they've invited into the program. So just want to, yes, improve their work, own working capital uh, sort of situation, but also offering and, and securing or defending some of their key suppliers. So so the supply chain uh, engagement has, has clearly accelerated. And and, and maybe because something I wanted to say earlier as well for, for you know, um, client and colleague from the U.S., but also make Europe sort of unique is uh, we are a sum of country, but the reality is all our solutions are pan-European. So the RTC that we discussed, so if you set up an RTC, you want to streamline your process, you want to be talking to one bank and uh, and one bank only. So you can set up a supply chain financing program or a receivable finance program out of uh, you know France or, or, or London, and that covers you know, most of those de- geography because the legal framework is 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 relatively you know um, you know uh, adapted. So we have SEPA. So clearly, also one of the trends we see is less point of contact. I want to be talking to one hub in the bank, and that hub can cover my my whole working capital needs.
2: Fantastic. So I think that's that's it for today. I'd like to invite Jeroen uh, to provide us with his closing comments on
1: on today's session. Yeah, thanks a lot, Michel. Uh, before I, I get to a bit of marketing at the, the really, really end of the session, uh, I would like to make a couple of important comments on HSBC in Europe, our commitment to this region. Uh, our history in this region dates back 154 years. Uh, Actually, if you take uh, into account some of the acquisitions we did in, in, in local markets, uh, sometimes it dates back to over 300 years. And uh, in all the, the markets where we have physical presence, 90 markets across Europe, which is unique for a, uh, for a global bank, uh, we are committed to uh, to add another one hundred and fifty plus years uh, to uh, to our presence uh, in Europe. We are not only committed to the region, we are also very committed to investing in the region and investing in technology. And I think especially for our clients on the call, that part is important. Technology is rapidly obviously evolving and uh, and we are very public in our statements to the to the to the street, to our clients, to our stakeholders that we are uh continuing investing billions and billions in our systems to make them even better so that is i think is an important uh statement to make in this call. um well i hope uh, you all enjoyed the session um let's reach out to to your contact within the bank if you have more questions um and we will continue this series uh next week and the week after so i hope to see you uh next event which is with the CEO of the American Chamber of Commerce in Ireland, Mark Redmond, and several of our own uh, cash management experts who will continue this conversation and also look a bit sort of in detail in how you can apply some of these principles um, and and concepts. Um, Thanks again for joining. Stay safe and hope to see you next week.
0: Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit
1: business.hsbc.com.